what? Nothing. Okay. Gonna have a lot of fun. Gonna hit a hum run. And the littlest league possible. In the littlest league possible. Gonna make a big splash. Welcome once again to Tater Tots. I'm Tim. And I'm Duncan. And you know what we're doing today? Again, we are talking baseball. We're talking baseball. Uh, and the first thing is first, and that is that hope has sprung eternal. Uh, uh, I watched a YouTube video today about, um, in 1996, um, at opening day on, uh, in Cincinnati, um, the home plate umpire died. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I know, right? Like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> In, I don't, in, during the game? Uh-huh, on the field. Oh, no. Wow. It's not, like, it's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing when I talk about this. It's really, really sad. And, like, probably was really, really... They canceled the game, because I'm sure it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but the news report that I watched about it was, like, um, talking about, like, the opening of baseball season as... Uh, and it was probably doing this because in the context of the story, it kind of made sense, but it was talking about, like, the beginning of baseball season as, like, a kind of a rebirth ritual. Or, like, used language to suggest that the beginning of baseball season is a rebirth ritual, like, hopes bringing eternal, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they were like, but unfortunately, a man died. <laughs> uh Anyways, yeah, Hope Springs Eternal, there's a new baseball season. Um, it's spring training, the only time of year when you will ever see uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates' Phillip Evans facing off against the Baltimore Orioles' Evan Phillips. Hey, you don't know that's true. It could happen. Is Evan Phillips <clears throat> going to make it? I, I mean, it is the Orioles, so, you know, po- maybe. Very possible. But maybe they'll face each other in, in a future year. Or in minor Some league, yeah. baseball game down the road. It seems like Philip Evans. I'm sorry, Philip Evans probably will make it because it's the Pirates. Um, yep. But Evan Phillips, it doesn't look like it's going to make it for the Orioles this year. If there were two teams, it's close that I could see employing <laughs> some anonymous players like Evan Phillips or Philip Evans, I might. <laughs> I might pick the Orioles and the Pirates. It's so, like, that's, I feel like I would not have highlighted this if it were a Red Sox. I would not necessarily have highlighted it if it were, like, Red Sox-Dodgers, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the like, just the lack of excitement, the lack of interest surrounding these two teams. I can just, like, I could, if this is a regular season thing, I could absolutely see it being, like, the thing they talk about on Sports Center when they're like obligated to talk about this baseball game. Oh, for sure. Now, to me, tell me if you agree. I think this is even better than when pitcher Will Smith faces catcher Will Smith. It's close. I don't know if I, I really I like the um uh the the well what do you call it when things are balanced? Uh parody? Symmetry. That's not the word I'm looking for, but whatever. Symmetry. I like that Evan Phillips and Philip Evans are perfectly balanced. You know, it's not the same name. <coughs> they contrast each other in a pleasing way. It's like a palindrome. Yeah, it's like a palindrome. Kind of. A little bit. They have similar names. <laughs> yeah, I think what 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 is really the point of this bullet point in the show notes is that these are two mm-hmm. people who have similar yep. names. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I thought maybe we were gonna tie it back into an umpire dying. <laughs> no, I'm afraid I don't think that I can think of a way to tie those two things together, unless the umpire's name were also Evan Phillips, but I don't think it was. No, um, maybe it's just to say that spring is a time when maybe unusual things happen on a baseball field. That works for me. That's just vague enough to work. Yeah. <laughs> when, you know. Yeah. That's the opening to my new uh, uh, W.P. Kinsella book, which I am writing under his name. Under his name. <laughs> my unauthorized bootleg W.P. Kinsella book. 
I'm passing it off as his writing to try to make a quick buck. And you're going to like... Yeah, it's called Anything Can Happen in the Spring, uh, Stories of the uh, of America's Pastime by W.B. Kinsella. Parentheses <laughs> by Duncan Magidson. <laughs> I think it's perfect. And that parentheses there, I think, saves you a lot of legal trouble. Yeah. I don't see how you could misinterpret it. Nobody could come to you and say, hey, you're... Uh, infringing on copyright by using this dead person's name on your art. <laughs> Rest in peace uh, to William Patrick Kinsella. He died in 2016. I remember. Me too. Well, sorry to uh, William that you died. And for stealing uh, but... your intellectual property. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, I was going to say I'm honoring his legacy, but oh. steal oh. honor. No, I mean, I buy that. I would buy that yeah. if, if somebody... If somebody charged you twenty four ninety nine in a bookstore for it, I say? was gonna, more pointedly. I was gonna say if somebody came knocking and said, "Hey, I'm gonna sue you for this," I would, like, if that were me, and then you said to me, yeah. "Actually, I'm honoring his legacy," then I would say, "Oh, uh, you know, carry on, keep up the good right. work." Right, uh, they'll tear up this cease and desist order, yeah. or the summons, or whatever they were serving me. Post haste, yes, sir. Happy to do now. It. I'm you. I'm your lawyer now. <laughs> What did you say your name was? W.P. Kinsella? I, that, that's good enough for me. Wait, I'm W.P. Kinsella's lawyer. And y- yeah, and your name you're is W.P. Kinsella. I must be your lawyer. It's like a WandaVision situation. Yeah, it's exactly the same as the TV show. It's the, uh, come on now. It's the, um, Theseus's ship thing. Yeah, that sucked. You didn't like that? I thought that was kind of cool. Really? Yeah, did you not? Yeah, I didn't. But he, like, outsmarted a robot in real time. I think that's cool. I don't know. I mean, he's a robot, but, like, it's cool that he... I think that Vision is such a very cool and interesting... I think that... Mm. I like that he talked it out. Uh, I guess we're going to go into WandaVision here. I appreciate that he talked it out. I don't understand why they didn't talk it out in the first place. Why were they fighting at all? Because it was the... it's it's It was Vision... I don't remember... What that character. it's the new vision white vision's directive white is to vision's kill the vision was to kill the vision so they had to fight and then get to a point where vision you know you can't just like you can't always i feel like you can't always just admit you have to fight a little bit yeah i mean that's that's the thing about superheroes that's what disappointed me about that fight i'm just like i did not believe that they would be fighting i think that white vision just knowing how vision is would say well it's my directive to destroy you right i don't think he would lead straight with punching he's an intelligent being first and foremost I don't know. I know it's, it sounds stupid, but it didn't feel authentic to me, yeah, to but their character. I think the difference between Vision and White Vision, and I could be wrong about this, because I'm also not clear on how, like, Vision within, like, the Wanda-verse works. Um, because, I mean, certainly the thing that gives Vision the advantage in that fight is the Mind Stone, right? Like, that is a unique... Isn't that unique to Vision, that's vision what... no longer has the mind. Do you mean the the artificial the the created Wanda's vision? That's what really really confuses me because I think that the only reason that Vision would have any and all of Vision's powers within the Wandaverse is because mm-hmm. of the Mind Stone. But obviously, he doesn't have the Mind Stone. He's not. And also, like the Mind Stone's been destroyed. I believe. I don't remember specifically. Um, well, he doesn't have the Mind Stone in him, but of course, part of, as Wanda says, part of the Mind Stone <laughs> literally is within her. Um, she developed it as part of the Sokovian experiments by Hydra. Oh, yeah. So she has some of the power of the Mind Stone right. inside of her. Right, 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 right. And presumably that's how she creates vision. What I do not understand is how her constructed vision was made of vibranium, which he was because the sword boys were able <laughs> to track him. Yeah, now think... we know that the way that Wanda creates the world inside of the hex is by reformulating the atomic structure of other things. Right. Or not the atomic structure. Specifically not the atomic structure. She reformulates molecules into other molecules. We know because Monica shot her pants and they were made of Kevlar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we know she's not creating new molecules. So where does all that vibranium come from? This is my big question. Well, I think question that the only way to answer that question is to determine like what is the actual molecular makeup of vibranium. It is in the MCU. It is just one of the things that's on the periodic table. It's an element, I believe, in and of itself. 
I believe so. What are metals made of? Cause you know what I mean? Because, like, is... Like, what is the molecular composition of any metal? It's made of a, a certain number of uh, protons and electrons. Of silver? No, of protons and electrons. I know, but, like, those... Metals, usually... Metals that are not alloys are... Okay. Um, elements in and of themselves. So they're made right? of... Iron is just a lot of iron, and iron has no subcomponents except for protons, neutrons, and electrons. So the idea would be that like, there would need to be like actual, literal vibranium within her reach? This is... I mean, obviously not. Either this is a plot hole or I'm missing something. But yes, the idea, I think, is that she pulled the vibranium out of herself or out of the world or whatever and turned that into vision because he is made of vibranium now. It might be a plot hole, but I bet it would be kind of easy to explain away. Yeah, maybe. Personally, I think it's a plot hole. You should uh, go to a con about it and like... Yeah, I'm going to write to Kevin Feige myself. Bring it up in a and a or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that Kevin Feige would really appreciate that. You know when uh, What's-Her-Face in The Simpsons says a wizard did it? Yes. That is literally the correct answer in this situation. In a sense, but again, like, well, I don't... Like, what did she do is the question. And the answer, in part, seems to be she changed the molecular structure of something, but... I mean, I think that's right. I think that, I guess for some reason, when she was changing Monica's clothes, maybe it was easier because it was on the periphery of her powers that she only changed their... Uh, you know, structure around, but maybe she has the power to rearrange um, protons and neutrons and electrons. Seems like that might be it. Subatomic particles. Which is so powerful. WandaVision, I keep going back and forth about whether WandaVision is good for Marvel or just good. Um, and I think that, like, it might be both, and I think that I might just like Marvel now, which I'm processing mm-hmm. but this uh, is what yeah i was just gonna say personally i thought that the finale really sucked i like the rest of the show i'm kind of mixed on it <clears throat> i mean i'm kind of mixed on it is it is it good for marvel or is it good the, the like it would be not that question would not be as strong in my mind if the finale were better i think because then it would be easier for me to say yeah this is good but i think you're right it was not great <clears throat> yeah I mean, I think, I mean, in a way, what was good about it was all the non marvel stuff they did, like when they were just making fun of sitcoms. The problem um, with Marvel things that are, like, the reason that this is a question for me is because everything that's ever come out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's any good is something that's not Marvel-related. Um, I hear what you're saying, because you're thinking about, like, the ones that are a little off the wall, like Guardians. Ragnarok. And um, Ragnarok. But for me personally, I, I really like the, uh, the very Marvel ones. I really like Infinity War, which I know puts me in a minority, which is like the most Marvel-y movie there is. I really liked Age of Ultron, although I don't know. It's different because, again, like the things that I liked about Ultron were not Marvel things. And I'm not saying that it's not valid to like Marvel things, and I'm not saying it's not valid to like Marvel things because they're Marvel things. But I just think that, like, I don't know. Maybe this gets into a larger problem of like, what, 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 what worth is there in ascribing something as being good, uh, in this in this regard? Like, if you like it, what? Who cares? Uh, yeah. Is maybe the bottom line. This is not become not about baseball very much. Is there any baseball in one division? <laughs> Not explicitly. Not any. explicitly. I mean, I feel like the way that it would come in with would be with kids, and that's pretty directly addressed in the last. That is something that I did like about the last episode is how they address why there aren't any kids. Um, in a very sad way, but a cool way. But I feel like if there if it were if there were going to be baseball, there would need to be kids involved. Yeah, or maybe someone had a baseball glove lying around. Oh, you mean like, just did like Boner have a baseball glove in his apartment? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but like, does that is that the same thing as baseball being in one division? Mm, well, no. This is a, this is actually I don't a long running joke in the effectively wild community 
that Sam Miller thinks that it's if a baseball, baseball in any form is mentioned, that it is a baseball movie. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I support, I accept that. I think that's valid, too. It's, it, this is the line of thinking that gets Die Hard to be a Christmas movie, I think. Yeah, it is. So it might as well hold for baseball, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get too off track, but there's an episode of Steven Universe that is explicitly just, like, a baseball episode for no reason. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, it is. Uh... We have some fan mail for once. <laughs> Not for once. I don't Thank know. you to my aunt Nancy. Your uh, mom writes in sometimes. For sending us a fan mail. She says, quote, in regards to our last episode, I should say. Yeah. Uh, quote, I love double wins. And I think I would be a good person to determine if a particular game deserves one. I think the naive French person would be too far away. But a casual fan who is really just in it for the cheering and peanuts that's the person to make the call. I think that, that I love, A, I love that she's taking initiative. Or really, really, mm-hmm. like, if this is going to catch on, people need to step up. And I think she's absolutely right that the people who need to be stepping up are the people who aren't big baseball heads. Because, I mean, this is, this was a big problem that we ran into last week was that there are just too many possible conflicts of interest. And, um, I mean... I feel like it, it's only natural that people who are in it for the cheering and peanuts should, because those are the people, like, that's, that's pure love of the game. That's what, that's what's essential to the game. Here's, I, I actually disagree with this. Okay. Uh, no disrespect to my aunt. Um, but I think in some ways, my aunt would be a worse judge of this than someone who's really into baseball. Because she is, I think, a purer fan of the Giants than I am. Hmm. Um, because she's if in I watched peanuts? a game where the Giants really stunk it up, and I had a specific <laughs> idea of why, maybe mm-hmm. I would say, "Ugh, give the Braves a double win." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she would be more biased in her fandom. Mm-hmm. She's like, "No, nah, you know, I root for the Giants." <sighs> well, I didn't know that your aunt was a big Giants fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just assume, like, this is my thing, is that I would really love, I was talking about this the other day, about how, like, I think one of the more radical things about my sports fandom is that I would like to be a fan of every team, and, like, I think that, I think that there need to be more people who are fans of every team, because those people who just, like, are really in it for cheering, and show up, and are just, like, no matter who does the, like, exciting thing, I'm going to be really excited about it. Like, that's the person who should get to assign double wins. I should so you think you them. should yes, be me. the person to assign double wins? <laughs> no, I don't think it should be me. I think that should be a more common attitude, and I because I think if it was a more common attitude, then we would be able to have double wins. Yeah. I think it is extremely uncommon to be a fan of every team. I think there are a lot of people who are fairly neutral, which is kind of unusual to me. I, I don't, not that I don't subscribe to the philosophy, but just that I can't, I can't root for sports that way. But if there were a lot of people like you who loved every team and wanted them all to succeed, then yeah, I think that would be a great position to come from and maybe the ideal. Yeah, because you want somebody who's able to assess. And I think that's why cheering is so important here because like what, what better metric to assess is of course like the metric to assess whether a team wins like a uh, whole cloth is 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 pretty rigid, pretty standard. It's just like more points. Um, but the double win, which I think the more we talk about it, the more it feels like it's a subjective determination anyways. Mm-hmm. I think that it should just be based on what team made you cheer more. And if you are uh, invested in a team such that they're not doing like such that you will only cheer for them. And if you're not cheering, it means that they didn't. Just kind of pondering this now. I think the idea here is that a double win should be based on entertainment value. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's a good way of putting it. And I don't think so. Sure. I mean, so what if, what if you go to a baseball game and you play the beanbag toss, uh, you get a big ice cream sundae, um, uh, it's a beautiful day, uh, and your baseball team wins 2-1, to one, 
and then do you give them a double win just because you love the ice cream you gotta you had a good time with friends no i think it does have to do with the action on the field but like you know if your team wins two to one because you're this is i think we talked about this a bit last week but if your team wins two to one and like maybe the offense wasn't very good it sounds Mm -hmm. like but like you know maybe your pitcher was like maybe that's like two hits over eight innings and that's like really exciting maybe it was i mean i what i mean to say is it's not an exceptional performance by by one team but you would you'd still you're inclined to give them a double win because you had so much fun i think it needs to be i think it needs to be an exceptional performance like that's yeah you know you have to cheer it's not just about having fun it's about like baseball making you have fun um so there's this new kind of fantasy baseball game called Blazeball, which we talked a little bit about over text. Yeah, I still don't get it. Uh, in in their universe, they do have Sun 2, uh, which is a second Sun that <laughs> if one team scores 10 more runs than the other, it absorbs those runs and gives that team an extra win. Uh, really? Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, that's I don't love that because I like it's not it doesn't jibe with what I want the second win to be uh-huh. because I think that it is unfair and it uh, encourages people to run up the score, which is no fun. Um, I like that there's an in-universe explanation for it. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And like, like I'm like, it definitely works for them and cause it's gotta be numbers pretty much in order for it to work. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. It's just not, like I feel, it's not what I feel the double win should be about. So I, to to touch on baseball for a minute, please. It's incredibly confusing, yes. really difficult to get started in. But here's what I think you would love about baseball. I'm ready. The amount of fandom and backstory is wild. Yeah, that is like very compelling to me, but it's one of those things where it just is like. Do you know what Homestuck is? Uh, I've heard of it. What is it? It's like a web comic. Uh-huh. And the fandom is like super rabid. And there's, okay. there's there's like lots of backstory, lots of like fan fiction and stuff like this. Fan art and what have you. Um, yeah. And um, I like it's so overwhelming. Like there, it, it for, for in such a way that like for a really long time it would just be annoying to come across Homestuck stuff. Because mm-hmm. people are, like, very passionate about it and, like, kind of very in your face about it. And you're like, just go away, please. Um, and then one day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn about this and try to understand these people's point of view. And in doing so, I found that it actually seems really interesting. <laughs> and, like, yeah, seems like something that I might enjoy and would maybe want to be in your face about if I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. But it's just so much. Like, it is, it's been, a, it's like a daily webcomic for the last, like six years or something like that more than six one of the years, amazing probably. things about baseball is that it's only been going on for like a few months that's incredible uh, yeah go and on. there's so much around it the thing that really blew me away was uh the story of jalen hot dog fingers um <laughs> now i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this story but just to give you like the the basics sure. they introduced this mechanic um wherein there are rogue umpires who will occasionally incinerate players <laughs> Yeah, go on. And Jalen Hot Dog Fingers did get incinerated. Um, so she was dead. Uh, but there was another mechanic um, wherein, like, the person who was 14th on some, like, fan leaderboard um, would be would transfer rosters to another team. And so the fans manipulated the leaderboard such that Jalen Hot Dog Fingers, the dead player, was 14th. And then... <laughs> got resurrected um so she was the first person in blazeball to be resurrected and just looking at her at her blazeball fandom page i mean this got like 30 sections there's so much there's so much lore can i pull it up of course you can hot dog fingers wow Wow! Right, what the fans did was called opening the forbidden book. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. I'm like I'm I'm like blowing through our T for teen rating this episode. I do not care. This is so cool. Why have I not? I mean, like again, like I know why I haven't dug into this because like that's a commitment. It is so hard to 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 get into. But wow, though, right? That is just magical. I need like an explainer or something. I need I need I need like a like a catch me up. Like I need something like that. But I don't think it exists. It's probably impossible to corral. There's so much to be caught on up on. You know, it's a whole. Not only is it a whole baseball league with more teams than there are in Major League Baseball, um, but there are also a lot of rules about, you know, Sun 2, um, all kinds of different wetters, like if the field is flooded, the umpires obviously incinerate people. There's a lot to it. The other thing is that there's a game every half hour. Yeah, the entire season is uh, six days long. Yeah, which is efficient. But it just piles up, I feel. I just went to blazeball.com, uh, and I uh, won my bet. Oh, congratulations. I, that I played several days ago. But you, that probably there have been a lot of opportunities since then. It's a new season now. Right. Oh, today is right. the start of the new season? No, yesterday was. Oh, yeah, no, today is the start of a new season. Uh, let's see how my uh, beloved Tokyo Lift are doing. Wait, are there teams? Is it international? There are a couple of international teams. There is one team from Hades. So it's pretty international. <laughs> uh, the lift are off to a 3-6 and six start, so not, not the best. Oh my god. What is Hellmouth? That's probably just a regular city in America that I've never heard of. Unlimited tacos. You're going through the team names. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's get back on. No, 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 that's that's good. I mean, it's a good transition because the next item that we have to talk about is video games. Um, Oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, the news broke the other day. Breaking news. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Special edition. Like this. Like what? I like this little intro. This is good. Oh, I mean, like, it's really, it's a huge deal, so we need to give it the proper introduction. Um, MLB The Show 2021 for PlayStation 5 will let fans create their own ballparks. Um, And the headline to this particular Polygon article uh, specifically reads, uh, MLB The Show 21 lets fans create their own ballpark at last, which is the appropriate... Uh, uh, way of referring to this development it's it's i didn't even know i needed it that's how long overdue it is it is so am i am i wrong in thinking that you were able to do this in mlb the show 2005 i have no recollection i may not have played it Uh, i i don't know if it was specifically that game or another video game of that era but i swear in the 2005 era there were there was at least one game that allowed you to do this I like I was fully MVP baseball 05. I it was exclusive. Oh, oh, us. that's what I meant. I don't uh, think it I was a thing. what I said. At least I don't recall it being a thing in MVP baseball, but I feel like I don't remember a lot of the peripheral features of that game. Like there was It's there, totally possible it wasn't. I had several baseball games. There are weird No, games. yes, you could. I'm looking it up now. You could create a you could create a park in MVP 2005. MVP How much power did you have over that? Certainly a lot less than you're going to have in MLB The Show. Yeah. But can, it is it is more than 15 years later. It appears that you can uh, fully customize field dimensions, foul territory, and outfield wall height. And architectural style ornamentation and surrounding environment, but I care less about that. It is going to be so cool. Um, I, I'm so looking forward to this. And it's like, I was like actually wondering whether I would even buy this next game. Um Cause, you know, I have this year's game and I don't actually play it that much. Yeah. But this is so cool. I spent so long designing the uniforms for my Diamond Dynasty team, the Brooklyn Coyotes, mm-hmm. um, that Elle would walk in occasionally 
and be like, are you still working on the uniforms? It's been four hours. Um, she would get frustrated with me for not playing enough baseball games and spending all my time on the uniforms. And this is just, it's just so much more of that part of the game. It's a dynasty. It requires that level of commitment. It absolutely does. Uh, Sometimes you'll you'll play someone online and their their jersey is just like all yellow or whatever and it's despicable. <laughs> Horrendous, offensive, aesthetic. I mean, aesthetically offensive. I'm not I'm not against you here. I think you're, I think good for you for taking all the time that you need to make sure that your team looks right before it. They gotta. They have to be looking fly because the quality of their play is the pits. I am not very good at the baseball <laughs> game. And plus, when um, when they do get good, it's like, uh, was that in The Departed or some other gangster movie where somebody's talking about why the Yankees are so good is because the other teams are always too busy looking at the pinstripes? I don't know. I've, I've heard that, but I don't know. It's an important intimidation factor is what I'm saying. Like, you got to look right because then the other team comes onto the field and they're like, well, we're already at a disadvantage. Exactly that. Now imagine... That you're playing in a baseball field of your own design that has 700 foot outfield walls. Yes, yes, and like and and is each 900 feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> that team is like the other team is like loaded with like they saved up all their money, their real life for money sluggers that they spent on sluggers and like completely, and jokes on them because my team is full of speedsters and great fielders. And now I've prioritized two parts of the game that have fallen by the wayside are, like, way undervalued. Like, World Series, on the cheap. Easily. Probably not easily. No, you also have to be good at the, the game, which is the hard part. But you will get to design your own stadium. Yeah, it would be really... I'm, I, I'm, I gotta say that lately I've not been as into the um, video game experiments that John Boyce has been doing. Because they're too long now for some reason and also just i think less compelling to me for some reason can't mm-hmm. say, i can't say why less compelling but definitely too long um but i i'm looking forward to, like i'm sure he will do something with this and i'm very excited to see what it is I'm not sure does he have a ps5 we don't know he hasn't done baseball or he hasn't done video game stuff in a while he's doing a lot more documentary stuff he does video game stuff but he does it uh he teams up with somebody um like they they did that. Oh, you're talking about the fumble dimension. The fumble dimension, yeah. Yeah, that guy ends up doing all the video game stuff. But regardless, for yeah, sure. he seems like he's. I mean, it's he definitely seems like he's graduated to like an executive producer type of role. And he, but he he still seems hands on with it. This is the kind of thing that I. I I don't know. You wish that he would bring back bring back the Breaking Madden style articles for this ballpark creator. I would love to see what he would do with that. I think that this is a, this is perfect, and I think that like. I don't know. He also is famously like averse to baseball, which is valid. I guess. Uh, I want to do it. If he's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. You should do it. I'm uh, become it. famous for your experiments with the MLB The Show ballpark creator, Finally. which you will need to invest in a PS5 for. Yeah, and MLB The Show is like 21 which is probably like $70 or something like that. It will probably be $70. That's so crazy. Why are we doing this? Why are we, as a society, spending money on video games? Yeah. Because they're to. fun. And they can charge whatever they want. No, they, no, they definitely can't. <laughs> I mean, if a video game were $150, I wouldn't buy it. But as it is, it's like 60 to $70, and you will. That's still like a lot of money. It is, but ultimately, it's it's a pretty reasonable price considering how long you play a video game for. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's like, it's, what is that, like five or six movies, probably? I spent $30 on... Um, Phoenix Immortals Rising, and I'm up to 65 hours in that video game. That's a really good deal. It's a good deal. You gotta break this stuff down like that. That's important. And? Ooh. Maybe video games are cool. Where have I been? Hey, you know what? We all gotta get there eventually in our own time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think you could win a World Series uh, like this unless every team 
had like a similar like this would need to be a convention before you could really like exploit it exploit the value of of those those skill sets i think i'm curious to see what kind of wacky ballpark configurations people are going to come up with maybe one that's just got a hole in it (laughs) oh if it were like a roller coaster tycoon thing and you could just like (laughs) put the other team's center fielder in a hole (laughs) they probably don't have the character animations for people falling down a hole if it if it's a feature of the game, they have to have it. It's probably yeah, not. maybe they're building in new character animations for if someone has to fall down a hole. Or alternatively, climb a tree. Oh, wow. Or maybe it's like Pesapolo where they have to run into the river. Who's to say? I gotta know. Yeah, no, I need this because I need to know what the limits are. Because I, I'm i sure that you're not allowed. I'm, I'm sure that the, the limits are mostly just, you know how far away the fences are and how much foul territory there is. And then you're allowed to put like a tree out in the center field. So wait a second now. Trying to consider foul territory, right? Because like it would seem that if there were going to be a limit to this thing, Hmm. that it would be that like at very least the foul lines can't intersect would be my guess as to, like, the bare minimum limit that they could put on it. And it's probably more than that. Well, of course they can intersect. It still has to be shaped like a baseball field. Right, so the foul lines need to be a particular distance away from one another because, like, there needs to be a particular distance from first to second and from second to third. It, it must be 90 degrees. You are not allowed to change the shape of the diamond. Is that what the... That's what we're talking about, a 90-degree angle. It must be, the foul poles must be 90 degrees out from home plate. Alright, I mean, I got fire, I got, I got, I got, I got wood burning. Um, I can tell you're ideating here. So to speak, but it's not the time or place, and I don't even have the game yet, so I, I mean, I'll think about, I'll keep thinking on it. I have plenty of time to think on it. Um, not that even, much time. Game yeah. probably comes out April 1. I don't know. My birthday's not till the end of May, so I'm not gonna. Oh, wait. you gotta wait till your birthday. I gotta see. wait till my birthday. Yeah. Um, but even if I do wind up just making a stadium that is 700 feet deep and 900 feet tall, which yes. probably there are also like I I would bet you that you can't make a fence that's higher than the Green Monster, but that would be fine too. That's like 20- I mean in in the trailer. Fernando Tatis does design a wall that appears to be about as tall as the Green Monster. I bet that's the limit. I bet they it's won't. probably the probably the limit is around seventy feet. Yes, is the green monster seventy feet? No, I don't think it's even it's like that tall. Thirty-five feet, I think. Really? Something like that. Wow, it looks so much taller than that to me. Thirty-seven feet. You're right. Oh wow, I didn't realize I was right. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was seventy feet would be outrageous. Now that I think about it, I hope you can build a seventy foot wall. I really For, hope you can tra- build a seventy. In the trailer, wall. Tatis's wall looked taller than that, but maybe it was just because they had a funny angle on it. And also to be clear, it's not actual Fernando Tatis; it's a puppet. Is it the actual gameplay, or is it like exaggerated? It is actual gameplay. Yeah. Is it really? But they have a fun angle. Okay, let me check this out really quickly. I didn't actually watch the video; I just read the article. You're going to be disturbed, I think, by the Tatis puppet. It Should is I... very weird. Yeah, Tim is shaking their head as if to say, I don't like this Tatis puppet. <laughs> I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Like, but what if you had no foul territory? What does that look like? Is I think that, you could do that. That's O.co, right? No, O.co has tons of foul territory. It's the opposite. Does it? It's like most modern baseball stadiums have very little foul territory, especially out as you get out toward the outfield stands. But I think you could probably design a stadium with literally no outfield, with literally no foul territory, which would be dangerous. So I'm seeing 10 feet. I think I saw 27. It's also really fun that you can, like, just do particular sections. That it would... looks like you're going to have a lot of... A lot of fine control. 
Yes, a lot. Yeah, exactly. It looks almost as if it's going to be difficult on a console. And now I wish there were a PC version that I also wouldn't be able to play because, of course, I don't have a gaming capable PC. Are these UFOs? Yeah, it does appear that they're. Well, it looks like floating landmasses or something out beyond. I mean, it's a, certainly a flying object that I cannot identify. Yeah, I guess you're right. In the, strict, in the strictest UFO. sense, I, I see where you're coming from also, but... Oh my god, this is gonna be so good. It wow. is interesting that you bring up UFOs uh, just in the context of Baseball City. I know. Some interesting storytelling opportunities. I'm really kind of looking forward to the opportunity to be able to take control of a road to the show Twitch stream. Uh, yeah. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And, like, again cannot wait to see what you can do with this because like obviously my inclination is to make every wall as high as it can be but what if it's just like also yeah if it's just very uh, ragged yeah like a sawtooth or what's that called um, it's a sound wave thing I don't remember square tooth uh, oh, I, I don't know maybe looking forward to the video game uh, yeah, yeah, it should be fun. You hit a home run. No, you will not. Not in your ballpark, no. Specifically, no. You, I mean, inside. my ballpark will have no outfield at all, so you will be able to hit a home run. Wait, is that a thing? How? What is the? What is? Oh, I'm so excited! Ooh, for this. yes, you see the possibilities now. The shortest point. Or possible. what if right and left field are long? Uh, the center field? Uh, it's just ten feet behind second base. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Now you're seeing, now you're seeing it. Just like a lot of magic can happen here. And I'm <laughs> very, very excited for it. All right, let's talk KBO. The There's a lot of big KBO news. Unfortunately, the biggest KBO news that's not on this, the show notes, is that the KBO is not coming back to ESPN. Uh, oh, I didn't even want to dwell on it. So sad for me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I feel like there's No, I didn't. I didn't to... intentionally not put it on the list. I uh yeah are you still gonna wake up for it uh i will still put it on in the morning as i did most days last year regardless because most days the dinos were not on espn right um so so yeah it'll probably it'll probably be mostly the same i will continue to watch the dinos on korean tv but the espn broadcasts as we talked about several times on this show were really fun um I really enjoyed the the looseness that they brought to the whole affair, and it was uh, nice to have baseball in the morning. And they will not be bringing it back. I mean, ESPN won't be. You can still watch it. I'm really, I'm really, again, very glad that this is something that you found, and I hope that you stick with it. Appreciate it. Um, hopefully, the Dinos win the Korean series again. That was my favorite part. I really, you could not have pl- picked. <laughs> you couldn't have planned it better, which is why I'm, uh, like, I'm kind of so amused by it. <laughs> you really, it really, was cool. It worked out for you very nicely. Congratulations uh, on that. Yeah, um, there is some other big KBO news though. Um, all of it has to do with the a team that was once called the SK Wyverns. I think we should continue. No, that's not nice. I mean, I don't know. Let's get into it, and then we can discuss as we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, just last week, I cited the Wyverns as potentially the coolest sports team name in existence. Yeah. And and they've taken that from us. (sighs) That's why we can't have nice things. They just get taken away. The baseball team was purchased uh, by the Korean company, the Shinsegae Group, which is like the Walmart of Korea. And as a consequence, they've decided to rename the team. Now, I understand that you do have to rename it from SK because that's the name of another company. Right. But I do not understand why you have to change it from the Wyverns, which is cool and everyone likes it. Did the Wyverns have anything specific to do with SK? I don't know. Because NC Dinos is like they would. I don't know. You would hope that they would keep Dinos because it's cool and people like it. But yeah. it's also specifically related to NC, and I would imagine that there's, like, 
not wanting to give because the other thing that we haven't even kind of touched on in this episode that I feel like we have touched on in the past but only touched on um, is the fact that like corporations are so tied up in this uh, yeah I mean Korean baseball has a very different relationship with their corporate ownership than American baseball does um, right yeah I mean and it, I feel like it has a lot to do with the fact that like there's a lot less tradition like the KBO is relatively young and so mm-hmm. like that's less of a prior like in terms of marketing to fans like it doesn't matter as much about the team's history and so you can be like my corporation uh is like you know we we make construction equipment we're strong like bears so we're going to be the Doosan bears although Doosan also makes like a lot of other stuff but that's what came to mind um that makes me think that maybe like if another construction company bought Mm -hmm. the Doosan bears from Doosan they would say like you know a lot of people uh, associate the name of this baseball team, the Bears, to our business competitor, Doosan. So we should change right. their name. And then I, I guess part of that is probably that people would continue wearing their Bears merchandise, which says Doosan on it. And this would be an opportunity for the new jerseys to say the Caterpillar, yeah. Caterpillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, they decided to change the name of the team to the SSG Landers. Yeah. Uh, SSG is the name of the Shinsege online platform. So it's kind of like Amazon or something. Um, and then the the team is in the city of Incheon, and <laughs> that town is home to Korea's largest international airport. So you know how airplanes land? It's good. I mean, that's not in and of itself terrible. That's how the New York Jets got their name. Yeah. Um, also an homage to the pivotal landing operation at Incheon during the Korean War. Less good. Uh, which I tried to look into and then remembered that I don't know enough about military history to do that quickly. I would have had to read an entire Wikipedia article. Yeah. But trust me that there was a famous landing there. Really weird. Really weird consequence of American, uh, imperialism. So, uh, the interesting thing, the other interesting thing about the landers is that they have signed the former Major League Baseball player Shinsu Chu, um, who's perhaps the most famous Korean baseball player, or sorry, the most successful Korean baseball player in MLB history. Um, he is signed directly to MLB out of high school. And this set up an interesting situation. In 2007, the KBO held a special one-time draft where all the teams got to draft anyone who was playing baseball in any other country if they had not previously signed with a team. So as a consequence, the then SK Wyverns uh, got the first overall pick, and they went with Shinsu Chu. This means that when Shinsu Chu decided he wanted to sign with a Korean team, he only had one option. Wait. Shinsu Chu was on the... He was he plays he was in the middle of his career, in two thousand seven. He was at the he was at the beginning of his major league career. He had I think he had debuted, but he had yet to solidify himself as a regular. Two thousand seven, uh, yeah. He he like two thousand eight was when he started to get plate appearances. Yes. So to uh, be clear, to be totally clear, they were drafting people who they did not expect to sign. These were people who were pursuing their career elsewhere. But, but this gave the, these teams the exclusive right to sign them if and when they wanted to return to Korea. Right. So, so uh, evidently this is only for Korean-born. Yes, for Korean-born players. Did you mention yeah. that? Um, boy, that's messed up, kind of. It is. There's a lot of this kind of stuff in Korea, um, where they feel they feel like an ownership over Korean people. Right. Like, they have an obligation to play for Korea. Like, they're like, we're happy that you're making in the major leagues, but when you come back, know that you're obligated to sign with the uh, with the Incheon Landers. Yeah, could um, he have? I mean, I, I can't imagine that he was, like, forced to, like, because his, his MLB career is has been over-ish, right? Right, that's the reason he signed in Korea. He yeah. wasn't. He could have probably signed a minor league contract with a team. Right. But 
I love that he signed in Korea. I mean, I think that's great for him. He's 38 years old. He had a huge MLB career. He comes back. Not only is he going to be incredibly famous in Korea, he's also, I suspect, going to be one of the best players in the KBO because the quality of play there is much lower than the MLB, which is great for the Landers because you are limited in the number of foreign players you're allowed to sign. You're only allowed to have three on your team, and Shinsu Chu will not count toward that total, mm-hmm. uh, which is very cool. Yeah, and also, in terms of like play quality, I've, I, think, I think that baseball is a sport that you could probably promote a lot of longevity in if you were able to scale for age you know what What i mean mean? well so like in golf there is Mm -hmm. uh uh what's called the pga tour right and so that's like major league golf that's where more like if if you are a professional golfer you do the pga tour but then at a certain age and i don't know if this is required of golfers but at a certain age there becomes another thing which is not the PGA, but something else entirely that is for golfers of a certain age um, to still compete professionally at golf, but just, like, it's scaled for age. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there, there is, like, a, unfortunately, a natural degradation of talent that occurs. Or ability, I guess is a better word. Um, yes, no, I mean, yes, that's what happens to people. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying is, like, interesting because like so my question my initial question which is a silly question uh in retrospect but my initial question was like could shinsuchu have just retired and like of course the answer is probably yeah he could have just like chosen to not continue in this line of work he's not so obligated to uh the ssg landers um but like i it it is interesting because you bring up the fact that he will probably be one of the best players in the kbo at age 38 Mm-hmm. because at MLB levels of talent, or even MPB, honestly, probably, 38 is probably, old. Start, probably tough to start getting by on. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it helps that he was starting from a very high point, which is that when he was yeah, sure. at his peak, he was among the best players in baseball. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm getting at, is that, like, that that is undoubtedly still present like that that talent level though mm-hmm. there is a natural degradation that you have to account for like starting from such a high point means that by 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 MLB standards you know we might say that talent has degraded to the point of it's so hard to talk about cuz what i want to say is relative uselessness but that feels like just like I, that feels mean. Well, he's degraded to perhaps like a, a, an average AAA player or a yeah. good AAA player. Sure. Uh, which is higher than the average level of Korea. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's, I guess the bottom line is that he's, it's great that there is an outlet by which he's not. And again, I don't like to use this phrase or word or whatever, but like, it's, it's cool that he's not disposable at that age. It's cool that he can, like, continue to peak, as it were. Heck yes, it's cool. I think this is going to be a great season for Shinsu Chu and the SSG Landers. It's exciting. I don't know what the rest of their roster looks like. I don't, they were bad last year, so maybe not. But I mean, it's a good, like, that's a good thing to build around, I would say, too. For sure. Um, I think this is such a coup for them. I think Albert Pujols should go to the KBO. That would be fun. He should. Wouldn't it be? God, so many more, ba- like, MLB players should go to the KBO. Absolutely. Like, especially, and, like, I don't know. Th- now we're talking about, now that we're talking about this, I'm glad that there is a limit on, what like, how many foreign-born players you can sign in the KBO because, like, now that we're talking about it, you see how, like, you really could, if you're Albert Pujols, if you're, like, whoever, like, Jim Tomey, anybody, Jamie Moyer, who's, like, just, like, stuck it out for so long you yeah. could like extend your career and like make an have it like be an impactful extension of your career to the point where it might kind of like tip the scales a little bit too much. I mean, I don't know. I, I think if people if more old players like Shinsu Chu wanted to sign in Korea, I think they'd be happy to have them. They just want good players. Okay, but say like 
I, I don't know. I, the other thing is that it kind of remains to be seen what the scale, the, the age scale is like. Um, you mean in terms of how good Chu will be? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm th- not totally confident he'll be great. That's just my my guess. But I'm no, you know, I'm the talent evaluator. Sure, but like, I'm oh, okay. Like, let's let's take like a handful of players that are better than Shinsu Chu at that age. Okay. And just like okay. put them in KBO. At what point does that become a problem? Because it probably would become a problem. Well, I don't think that they would sign in the KBO though. If they were better they than Shinsu, they age. can hang on the major leagues. But we don't I think know for the most part people people want to play in the majors. But we don't know that that's the case, and Shinsu Chu is at such a place where like he can't hang on in the major leagues anymore. So there have got to be other players like Shinsu Chu, who the only reason that they can't hang on in the major leagues is because of the age. But given the opportunity to play professionally in an environment that's like double A level, yes, like my question is: At what point is it unfair to the people who are? at double a level and making their bones in kbo uh i don't know never i mean it's a professional sport americans have to deal with that all the time right completely americans don't usually i hope they don't get upset because the best players from other countries are coming here and taking their roster positions no but it's clearly a concern for kbo at the moment it is I'm of the opinion that they should relax that restriction. I think three per team is very few, mm-hmm. and it limits the international appeal of their game, right? Like, if, if they That's let true. more MLB recognizable players on their roster, then maybe ESPN would carry their games. Um, just like everyone likes to, you know, see names that they recognize, and they have big rosters over there. They're, I think there is room for at least a little more than, than three players per team. How big is their roster? Uh, I think they have 28-person rosters. I, I, I don't know for sure because, of course, last year their roster rules were all wacky because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, huh. It would be interesting to see that increase a little bit, I guess. But there seems to be, like, a, a mandate of some kind to keep Korean baseball Korean. I don't I don't know the nature. I don't really understand the nature of that mandate, I guess. Me neither. I'd be curious to know the politics behind it. Yeah. It is difficult to get a lot of juicy analysis on Korean baseball. Not a lot of Americans write about that stuff. It's kind of a vicious or cycle. Or English speakers, I mean. Kind of a vicious cycle when you, when you kind of take the whole view of it. But that yeah. also kind of starts to encroach on some weird cultural colonialism that I don't... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't worry about it so much. Maybe I should just enjoy watching my favorite team, the uh, uh, Nexen Heroes. They're not called Nexen anymore, are they? No. What are they called now? The Ah, I'm forgetting. Something with an H. Whatever. The Heroes. Kiwoom. Kiwoom Heroes. Yes, the W is the, the, <laughs> the, the letter I was thinking of. They lost <laughs> their best player in Hassan Kim. To the MLB, right? Yeah, it's the Padres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiwim's always doing this because they don't have enough money. So they're always selling off good players. Well, I mean, he was going to go. I, uh, Korean teams always post their best players, but regardless of how much money they have. I seem to recall that Kiwim is often posting its best player because they can't tend to keep them. Maybe that's true, but, you know, in general, that's the tragedy of being a sports fan of an Asian league is that the very best players are always going to leave. Not not Sung Bum, though. No team wanted him, so he'll be back on the dinos again. Happy for him. It's a living. Yeah, me too. Happy, happy for him, happy for me. Right. He uh, doesn't have to live in America. Blessing in disguise. Bless. For more and more not disguised. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, and also uh, uh, towards the dino dynasty. dynasty many 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 more sword liftings they should lift a sword before every game i feel like it would kind of lose something maybe they should get a different weapon then no the sword is cool 
I don't I know. Remember. I love the sword. God, that was the coolest moment of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever top that. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's why, like, I don't. Here's the thing. The two things that come to mind. One is uh, that the Philadelphia 76ers ring the bell before every game. Yeah. Um, and another is in Minnesota, the Vikings have the, like, horn that they blow because they're the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they blow a big horn before every game. Um, and so, I don't know. Maybe you could do a sword every game, but th- it would need to become, like, a celebrity event. You would need to have somebody... Somebody come pull the sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, they're, they're plugging a movie or something like that. You could do that, but I actually don't think that they should pull the sword every game. They should reserve it for when they win the Korean series. It is so much cooler as like a ultimate victory celebration. Obviously. It is. <laughs> but you know what? It wouldn't be as cool the second time either. Honestly, I, I don't believe. I, I respectfully. Want it to push would back be on that. extremely cool, but you have to remember. That I had no idea it was going to happen. <laughs> okay, so inarguably, there is a lot that is uniquely cool about what happened this year with the sword. I, I just, the reason I want to push back is because, again, this is a very personal to this team, yes. ultimate victory celebration, and if Their my, corporate ownership and, and their, their mobile game, yes. And their corporate ownership, <laughs> And my understanding is that it does not get less special uh, every time you claim ultimate victory in the context of professional sports. Uh, you know, having rooted for a team that won three World Series, I would say that it does get less special. It's still cool every time, but I'm not a player, right? Like, I, I, I don't know what their experience is like, but the joy is diminished each time. Whether you want it to be or not. As a fan, I'm sure it's diminished. And um, also, I understand that, like, that feeling is, is well, it's limited, right, to um, the actual winning of the thing. I feel like mm-hmm. when we mostly talk about it, about athletes wi- claiming ultimate victory, it's the feeling of winning the thing that does not get old. Now, insofar as this is a unique expression of ultimate victory that fans can engage in in a very intimate way, in a more intimate way than you would engage with a trophy hoisting. Because you can earn the sword on the on the video game? Because you can earn the sword on the video game. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, because it's connected to the team and it's like history and lore is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, 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 like what I'm saying, like lore is cool. That's a community connection to the NC Dino's corporate ownership um, <laughs> that is uh, priceless. And that's good feelings that you can't, uh, you can't look that in the mouth. Just got to appreciate it. I don't think we're disagreeing. I, w- I would be distraught if they didn't do it again, if they won the Korean series. Okay. Um, just, just to say that it, will, it would not be as special as the oh, time that I didn't know was going to happen. Certainly not as special. That's a fair point. Um, that's going to do it for us this week on Tater Tots. Um, got a snake fact for you before we wrap up. Uh, the Coach Whip snake, at least, at least. The Coach they, only did this, they only did this study on the Coach Whip snake. I feel it's fairly likely that it applies to other snakes as well, but I can only confirm for one, one kind of snake. Okay, so the Coach Whip snake is able to constrict the blood vessels in its clear eyelids when threatened in order to rapidly boost the clarity of its vision? Yes. So let me explain. I get it. It's a tremendous... Okay, you do? <laughs> I mean, I, I pretty much get it. It, it, it. it constrict the blood vessels. Yeah, okay. Actually, maybe better explain a little bit. So snakes have clear... They don't... Their, their things aren't actually called eyelids. They have like a clear coating over their eyes yeah. that has a network of blood vessels in it um, that they need to have blood there for normal body function. But in a moment of panic, they can constrict the blood vessels, which pushes all the blood out of the way of their vision, and it clears it up momentarily. Right? When they constrict their blood vessels, there's less blood in front of their eyeballs, and there there usually is some blood. That's a snake thing, right? Like, there is not blood in front of my eyeballs, is there? 
Only when you close your eyelids. I see. Yeah, because they've got, like, they're not eyelids, but they have, like, an eyelid surrogate yeah. that has blood in it. And so their vision is often just a little bit murky because of that. But they can squeeze that blood out, and then in, when they're in danger, they can see better. Not to be a determinist, but eyes are crazy. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for us this week on Tater Tots. Uh, as always, you can find a link in our show notes to donate to Baseball for All. That is an initiative that gets girls involved in youth baseball programs around the country. It's very important. You can follow us on Twitter at Tater Tots Pod. You can like us on Facebook behind the Facebook URL slash Tater Tots Pod. Email us, tatertotspod at gmail.com. We are going to be taking a slight break so I can work on a personal project. Uh, but we will see you in probably six to eight weeks when hopefully that project has transformed into something that I can hold. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,